0: When I finished college, I traveled around the world. The last job I had before I went into equine dentistry was working for an Italian show jumper in northern Italy, traveling to horse shows throughout the world. He was an international show jumper, making sure everything was ready to go for when he got there. It was a great life. Welcome to the Interesting People podcast. Today, I'm joined by Miles
1: Hopton, the owner of Pegasus Equine Services, and we're talking equine dentistry.
0: How's it going, Miles? Enjoying summer, and it's a pleasure to be here how long have you been doing equine dentistry? Just over 10 years full-time. I started 13 years ago with a friend in Italy where I used to manage a show jumping barn in Italy.
1: So is that how you got into it? Is there a path to horse dentistry? Do you do all animals or do you just focus on horses when you learn I
0: primarily focus on horses. I was working in a show jumping barn, an Italian who came to do the horse's teeth. He explained to me what he was looking at, all the peaks, valleys, sharp teeth, tall teeth. How it was affecting the horse. I thought it was awesome to help animals and I wanted to go to school and I became my own boss. My job is to make sure the horse can chew its food efficiently and process what it's trying to digest to keep its weight and condition on. But secondarily, to make sure that it's comfortable and functional for the person that's riding it. Nosebands and bridles, bits need to be correctly fitted and to make sure there's no sharp edge causing discomfort for the horse.
1: The bit, I think, is that's the part that goes in the mouth. Like, the, does that yeah. cause any kind of like mouth trouble for a horse?
0: That's all a matter of opinion. Because <laughs> in Ireland, some people say it's all in the hand. So somebody pulling really hard can actually affect more than somebody that's sitting there lightly. Bits come in all different shapes and sizes that rise into the roof of the mouth, pinch the tongue, squeeze. People have a theory of discomfort and there's going to be a discussion of natural horsemanship where they believe in various other theories.
1: Similar to people, do horses have baby teeth or I guess pony teeth?
0: Horses have what we call premolars and molars, incisors, which are their front teeth. They shed baby teeth, which happen at a periods of two and a half, three and a half, four and a half. So we're pretty good at aging them. But they also have premolars, the first three molars, which shed baby teeth by the age of five. A horse has all its permanent teeth.
1: It's going to have those teeth for 20 to 25 years. Yes,
0: and depending on nutrition, depending on grazing, depending on multiple factors. There are 28-year-old horses that have a really still a decent set of teeth, and there's 18-year-old horses that have worn-out mouths. Genetics, nutrition, I would say similar to a human, great dental care from the beginning, will keep things balanced, and it will keep the mouth wearing, grinding efficiently, and wearing out evenly. A horse that hasn't been taken care of, like some races, horses I saw the other day, had extremely tall abnormalities, slash what we call malocclusions, which we had to reduce, and it's gonna to have to be maintained on a regular basis. But all grazing animals, their teeth are erupting, and we have to balance them to make sure that they're chewing efficiently.
1: You need to make sure that it's not like a wave, like yes. all the teeth are at an equal level.
0: Their lower jaw is narrower than their upper jaw, and the way they chew in a circular motion, they create edge, and they create abnormalities, which us as equine dentists have to reduce to make sure it has an efficient grind.
1: You said you watched an Italian dentist do this to a yes. horse. What was it like the first time you stuck your hand in a horse's
0: mouth? I must admit, I didn't want to put your hand all the way to the back of a horse's mouth, but when you learn about it... It's incredible on how you've helped a horse. Just the whole comfort factor of helping a horse and improving the lifestyle and the well-being of an animal is a great thing to do.
1: So with horse dental care, is that something where like the owner does on a week-to-week thing and then you're there like once a year or every other year or something?
0: We generally recommend young horses on a six-month schedule because young horses' teeth are erupting more quicker than an older horse. Like a horse I saw today, which I had done maybe just over a year ago, it was in great shape. It was 18 years old. Things are not erupting so much anymore. We're just maintaining it. A horse cannot say, crap, my back teeth are killing me. It's for us to go in and check them and regularly find if there is a problem and if we can treat it.
1: In the 10 years that you've been doing it, has there been any kind of different advancements or what are kind of the tools
0: of the trade? Technology is improving and changing on a regular basis. We have a selection of abrasives where if you look at this handpiece here, we have a motor that drives it. It is actually diamond chips. And if you feel that, it is very, very fine sandpaper. And we have motors that rotate this handpiece at very slow RPMs and torques that we can similar carve and shape the tooth and reduce the malocclusion. These are hand floats where the blade is this is what's called a medium course, and they have finer. Some horses will let us reduce the teeth, some won't but then we have to have sedation which is primarily always supplied by a veterinarian or mm-hmm. administered by a veterinarian. Do you work hand in hand with vets? or yes. okay. we work primarily with veterinarians but there are also horses I do without sedation but the ones with sedation it is primarily with the veterinarian they're attending because it is on a professional basis of working with your veterinarian.
1: So I understand that you work with a lot of rescues.
0: I work with a lot of rescues up and down the East Coast, (laughs) and we just have a great time. I get together a good group of friends slash dentists, and we go around and we help rescues. And this British company I work for with equine dentistry tools called DS and Equine, they are very advanced in the improvements in the industry. And I give people the opportunity to try equipment and get help using that equipment to help progress their business as well as helping each other. So on these rescues, days, we learn from each other because we work together.
1: So if someone has like a more advanced file that you may not want to take the risk of checking out yourself, you can see it, you can
0: judge for yourself. Certain hand pieces like these, they're probably just over a $1,000. Whoa. So you don't invest in something without trying it. Yeah, We give the professionals opportunities to try equipment before they buy it. And the thing with the rescues, it just came to a point of where we wanted to give what gives to us, and we located rescues. My first one I work for is one in Westminster, Maryland, called Little Long Eared Donkey Rescue, which is a great place where there's two ladies that run the most immaculate barn in this area every fall they have a great dinner with the donkeys and you guys can look that up and it is an open party where they have a huge fundraiser and a great people get together and have dinner with the donkeys and this month i'm flying out to missouri with two other friends to help a donkey rescue called tnd donkey rescue we went out there last year i think it's about 100 donkeys or less and we go out for three days and we just work on donkeys they're veterinarians there and we take care of all their animals so going into the winter They're efficiently processing their food and they're not wasting. Is there a difference with a donkey's mouth from a horse's mouth? Very, very similar. We also have miniature donkeys, medium donkeys, mammoth donkeys, cross donkeys, mules. Primarily their teeth are similar, but everybody has abnormalities. A pony is more crowded, so we have... Teeth that are on a curve, which we have to maintain better. It's a case of noticing the abnormalities and making sure that that jaw is free moving to chew as well as being comfortable when ridden.
1: Is there a type of animal in particular you find challenging? You dig that challenge, or are they all?
0: Every day is different, and that's the great part of the job. I know it's wrong to say, but the owners is probably the most challenging part. We have to listen to what they're telling us while we're working but really my job is to take care of the animal, make sure that that animal can process its food.
1: Can you learn more just by looking at the horse's mouth or does previous information come in handy?
0: Previous information comes in handy and I have records from all my previous visits, from what I did last time and what I'm expecting to do this visit. If I only got a certain percentage done, like 70% done, finish next visit, with more sedation hmm. or something to that effect. Is
1: there something that horse owners are doing wrong that could cause damage to their horse's mouth that they don't realize they're doing? It's
0: hard to be critical. It's hard <laughs> to be critical on things like this. Certain things we look at the other day, we were looking at horses with bits which is what they use to control, stop, direct the horse. I carry what's called a bit measuring stick that measures the horse's mouth. Some people have the wrong size bits in their horse's mouth. So the physics of breaking and rising into the roof of the mouth is off center or it's too tight and it's pinching the inside of the mouth. Certain things can be resolved with simple solutions. But my part, I'm working six and a half days a week. I love it. It's great. I want to get up in the morning and I want to go to work. (laughs) I just can't beat it as a job. I really can't.
1: Italy is the first thing that came up, but you're not from Italy. No.
0: When I finished college, I traveled around the world. The last job I had before I went into equine dentistry was working for an Italian show jumper in northern Italy where I worked for just over 10 years, traveling to horse shows throughout the world. He was an international show jumper. We looked after the horses, driving them from A to B and making sure everything was ready to go for when he got there. It was a great life.
1: Any particular highlight countries that you went to?
0: I went to Libya before it broke down and i have been to Syria before it broke down. Fascinating. We went to a horse show in Libya where two of Gaddafi's sons were attending. You go out on the streets in the local towns. We're in Tripoli, Mm -hmm. very close to Tripoli. It was a beautiful city. You felt safe. I've been to certain anonymous towns where I would remain hesitant of being going out at night. So how did you end up in the States then? My Italian friend, Eduardo Toya in Italy, he attended a school in Idaho, and I wanted to go to that school in Idaho and come back to work with him. I found another course in Virginia called the American School of Equine Dentistry, which is run by Dr. Hyde. I went to his course, which in that period was held out in Colorado at a huge ranch where we had a lot of horses to work on. I then apprenticed with another lady in Virginia. I stayed in America. It's great. I love this country. (laughs) It's brilliant.
1: Awesome. So that's how you ended up being planted on yeah. the East Coast. Then. And I'm staying. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so you're all up and down the East Coast. So, yeah. so Virginia, Pennsylvania, Florida. Do people find you? Like, what's the horse dentist's life it's like? It's just
0: through word and mouth. Kira plays the social media card very well for me and puts my ads in the right places that makes people think about it. I sponsor certain events at horse shows mm-hmm. and offer small awards at various local and quite large shows. And it makes people think about it. There's plenty of work in Virginia horse country, but... Maryland is just as big a horse country as anywhere else. Do you actually ride horses yourself? I do ride horses, but at the end of my day, I just don't have time. And you've run out of steam. When I get home and pull that lever on the Lazy Boy, I'm done. I really am done. Cup of tea and a Lazy Boy, perfect. Oh, that's a lot it's of fun. the American dream. <laughs> There are two equine dental associations. There's an association called Equine Dental Providers of America, which is an association based in Texas where we go every fall for a conference. A lot of dentists invest in themselves and go to Mm -hmm. a conference to learn more. There are presentations from veterinarians, from other equine dentists, case studies, papers. There are vendors that are selling the latest equipment. And there's a lot of group discussions. Secondary, there's another association called the International Association of Equine Dentistry which is another American association which has a conference every spring between Florida, Texas, and various other locations, which yet again is the same for equine dentists that need their continuing education. In Virginia, I need 16 hours of continuing education every two years. Every equine dentist, you should always ask him, do they do the continuing education? Mm -hmm. Because... Equine dentists need to learn because the day there's nothing to learn, we've got a problem. There's always something to learn. Every day I'm learning something new from an awkward animal, an old horse, a young horse that has an abnormality which it shouldn't and how we're going to fix it and how we're going to help.
1: Is this a growing
0: field? It has always been there. If you actually look at a couple of articles, there's been some unearthed skulls that Mongolians pre-post-1000 and stuff like this were doing equine dentistry by hand, which we're still doing today.
1: How many people work at Pegasus Equine Services? It is
0: primarily me, but I have some great friends that will help me out. I have Tanya Oakland, which is based in Pennsylvania, and she come and helps me with some of the rescues we do. I have Austin Cohn from Long Island that comes down. There is Ashley Dillow in Maryland. There is just numerous people that whenever we want to get together or we've got a large barn that we need help with, you have your reliable friends that you can count on. And that's the important part, that you can provide a service to your client, that you can come in. A client that has Monday off, all the horses are off, we've got 40 horses to get done. I can go in with two or three friends Mm -hmm. and we can get the whole barn done in a day. Are you always
1: looking for new rescues?
0: We're always looking to help rescues. But at the moment, we have, I think we've been helping about a rescue a month. Mm. Or at least once every two months, we go and help a rescue. If we take like Maryland Horse Rescue, where every spring we take care of their herd, it is 40 plus horses. The money they save on doing that, they can put into buying hay for the winter, which is a big thing for these rescues. When they don't have grass during the winter, they have to feed a lot of hay. We're helping them out a lot.
1: Oh, because if a horse's mouth is messed up, they'll have to, it have to use... It can't process
0: its food. It yeah. can't keep its weight on. And you're giving it more hay and food that's going to waste. The expression, and I just occurred... Long in to, the tooth. So, is that horse? That's a horse based expression, then, right? That is a horse based expression. It can be interpreted in many ways. Certain length in the tooth can let me know how old the horse is. If the incisors are too long, or we've got certain abnormalities, what we call hooks, that come in at various ages, it can be interpreted yeah, he's a little long in the tooth. If his front teeth are too long, it means that his cheek teeth aren't touching. So we need to take length of his front teeth so he's too long in the mouth.
1: Oh, cool. The other one, which I feel like I need to ask you about, is don't look a gift horse in the mouth.
0: I think that's more of an American phrase. Nothing is free. A lot of my clients do get free horses that become most wonderful ponies and pasture pets, field ornaments, or trail riding horses. But like a lot of things, you get a free car, how long is it going to last? I guess a lot of trouble can come from the mouth if you're not. If it's not functional in the mouth, you can't turn well. The lower jaw is narrower in the upper, and we need to make sure that the jaw can move freely side to side and front to back. So when you're riding and you tighten up a bridle, the yeah. jaw needs to have free movement, what we call lateral and anterior-posterior. If he has a tall tooth, even just by a few millimeters on one side, it is affecting when he puts his head down, and he's not going to be turning well on that rein. We reduce the malocclusion to free up that jaw. Fascinating. Feel free to join us next time. Yeah, we'd love Fasc- to check
1: that. It, so, quick question, the, the sedation, all that kind of stuff. Do you guys have a thing that like holds the horse's mouth open? We or? have a
0: device called a specklum which every equine dentist needs a speculum and a light. It is something we put in between their incisors and we can open in increments and we can work and access and visually see what we need to do. Without it, an equine dentist cannot work.
1: Well, there we go. So anybody that has a horse, they need to make sure they have a horse dentist. Yes,
0: or veterinarians are very qualified to do what we do, but this is all we specialize in doing. Well, sometimes you see a specialist. Yeah, sometimes you see a (laughs) specialist. That is true.
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for telling me about equine dentistry. I end every interview with the exact same question. What has you excited? What are you looking forward to? Going to work tomorrow. Oh, that's perfect.